0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. So one night I'm driving home from a friend's place. It's pretty late, like two or three in the morning. I live in the suburbs and the streets are relatively tight. So I am typically driving pretty slow. Don't speed in your neighborhood. Happy neighbors are good neighbors. I'm nearing the turn to enter my close and from a distance I see what looks to be someone outside. Pretty unusual this time of night as it's all young families and retirees around me. As I get closer it's definitely a kid which is even stranger. Like, doesn't this kid have parents? They're standing directly under the street light with a raincoat on. Not raining and their hood up over their head so that the shadow cast completely covers their face. I know my neighborhood pretty well and while I don't know most by name, you know who is kids and who doesn't. This corner house 100% doesn't have any kids. That kid's gaze was locked onto my truck, unwavering, turning their head and staring straight at me as I slowly pass, turning right towards my house, this kid only a few feet away. This kid did a full 180 with their body and watched me drive down my street. While I only live six or so houses into the close, it's just enough I lost sight of the kid. It was super unsettling, I couldn't even quite explain to you the feeling I got from it. I back into my driveway, put my truck in park, think about what I saw, and say "eff it, I've got to check this out. Back into drive and back down the street, maybe 20 seconds, tops since I passed and kid's gone. Vanished. The roads are straight enough in any given direction that in that short amount of time that kid would've had to straight up sprint to stand a chance of being out of sight. F demon child is gone. I went home, parked quick and didn't take my time getting inside and locking the door. To this day never saw the kid again or anything that's given me a bad vibe like that. Damned if I know what was going on. If it was a prank, hats off, you did it kid. I am Ari, a young tribeswoman of the Native American tribe who have lived in the shadow of the majestic mountain for generations. Our lives have been peaceful, governed by the wisdom of our elders and the harmony we share with the land. But lately, a dark cloud has fallen upon our tribe. We have been plagued by a series of unexplained and brutal animal attacks, leaving us terrified and questioning our place in this world. The elders believed that these attacks were the work of a mysterious and powerful unknown predator lurking in the dark corners of the land. And so, I was chosen to investigate this phenomenon and put an end to the terror that haunted our people. As I delved deeper into the mystery, I ventured far from our village and into the heart of the wilderness. There, I uncovered an ancient tribal legend of a shadowy creature that could control the minds of animals, turning them into deadly weapons. This horrifying revelation shook me to my core, but I knew I had to return to my tribe and share what I had discovered. However, when I finally returned to the village, my heart shattered into a thousand pieces. My tribe had been destroyed, and my family, along with everyone I had ever known, was dead. The grief was unbearable, but I couldn't let the sorrow consume me. I had to find the unknown predator that had caused so much pain and suffering. But as I searched far and wide, the creature remained elusive, as if it was a ghost that had vanished into thin air. I knew, though, that I couldn't give up. I had to avenge my family and my people, and I would not rest until I had found the beast and put an end to its reign of terror. As the days turned into weeks and the weeks into months, I continued my relentless pursuit. But the unknown predator remained out of reach, hidden in the shadows. One day, as I sat on a cliff overlooking the setting sun, I made a solemn vow to myself and to the spirits of my lost tribe. I would never give up. I would continue my quest for revenge, and one day, I would find the creature that had brought so much darkness to our land. And so. With the memory of my family and my people burning brightly within my heart, I set off into the fading light, determined to find the unknown predator and restore balance to our world. For I am Ari, the last of my tribe, and I will not rest until justice has been served. I've got a strange story to share that happened at the US Army base at the Presidio in San Francisco, California. It was about the sighting of a human-like creature walking on all fours with pointed ears and fangs. I remember walking back to my quarters around 2.30 am, when I heard some strange sounds coming from the nearby forest. As I looked over, I saw what appeared to be a naked man with glowing eyes hunched over right by the edge of the trees. But it wasn't until this humanoid creature began walking on all fours that I realized something was not right about the situation this was no man, I realized. I watched as the creature jumped over a five-foot fence with ease before disappearing into the forest. It was about six feet tall, had pointy ears, and long fangs protruding from its mouth. I thought the story would end there, but a few hours later, there were two more reports of the same humanoid creature sighted around the same area my fellow officers told a very similar story of a strange figure crossing the road right in front of their vehicles. This is where it gets interesting, that particular road was open to only army personnel, so this means something from outside the base had somehow gotten in the forest. Another officer told a strikingly similar story about seeing this werewolf-like figure walking on all fours and jumping over a locked gate to get past it. We can't be sure of what exactly we saw, but there really is no other explanation than something very strange was roaming around the Presidio that night. I don't want to speculate about what this creature was, but I do admit it would be hard for somebody in the area to have an exotic pet without anybody knowing since it's so vast and remote with many places for animals or people to hide. Whatever was out there is, unfortunately, no longer around or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Hopefully, somebody gets a good look at this thing the next time it decides to make an appearance. I was deer hunting, seated on my stand at ground level, facing generally north. This field is 20 acres tractor mode. I was near the upper middle near a large rock and cherry tree. This entity was first seen with naked eyes thought it might be light and leaves playing tricks on my sight. The oak and beech brush still had their leaves, sometimes this can happen when you are out all day in 18 Fahrenheit temps. I then observed it with 10 by 50 binoculars, it was still there. I noted that the area was very quiet no birds or other normal outside sounds. My observation lasted about 6 minutes. I carry a field notebook as we are very active birders. I sketched what I saw and noted colors, and size. No snow, little wind, 18 degrees Fahrenheit. The entity appeared very solid and I observed no movable joints. It never moved. The legs looked like stovepipes 6 inches diameter. The arms were the same, terminated in rounded ends, no digits, ends were even with crotch. The body was also round about 14 inches in diameter. The head looked like a round bottom bucket turned upside down, about as tall as the body was wide 14 inches. In the area where the eyes would be was a black shinny area 3 inches wide and stretching across the front. Overall height was over 9 feet. It was standing in weeds and goldenrod I could not see the feet. I never saw it arrive and it departed while I was scanning for deer. If it had stayed there I would have tried to approach it. I had no fear and lots of questions. I would like to know if other folks have observed similar entities, and where. As soon as I turned 18, my parents demanded that I got a job. When three months passed, I was still unemployed. They went out and did it for me. I got hired at my family's ranger business, supplied places with rangers and we'd go out and protect the park for however long the rangers' owners could pay. I started in early winter, I was cold all the time. The job I was working at did not start until about 9 at night, or at least my ship didn't. I had to work until 9 in the morning, 12 hours, 5 days a week. The pay was alright. It was my first day at a new park. It was a ski resort, and they had hired rangers to act as security. We weren't really as qualified, but my family didn't have the greatest moral compass, so to speak. I started my shift, I talked with a little guy at the front. He said it was slow, not much happening. I was glad to hear this, sitting inside and doing nothing for 12 hours, that's what I'd normally be doing anyway. I went inside and met the guy I'd be working with, we'll call him Freddy. He was reading the paper and drinking coffee. First day? He had asked. Well, I never worked at this place before, but I've been working with Tony for quite a while. It's a good business, I trust him, he responded with a little chuckle and went back to sipping his coffee. Nothing happened for a couple of hours. We sat back and relaxed, it talked about our lives and even got into a funny conversation about my uncle. About three hours in, we heard a loud banging at the door. Freddy got up to open it. There was nothing there, aside from a trail in the snow leading to the door. There wasn't much we could think about it, maybe a bird or an animal, I don't know," Freddie said, getting back to a seat. I thought it was a bit weird for a bird to slam into the door fast enough to make a bang that loud and still somehow get back up and walk out of sight. I didn't say anything, I just shrugged, whatever. After even more sitting and talking. Freddie got up and said that he was going to use the bathroom. He jokingly asked if I could hold on the fort, then went outside to use the restroom. I leaned back in my chair, quietly singing a Billy Joel song that had been stuck in my head, when Freddie basically kicked the door in, holding his hand. It was cut up and bleeding badly. I did not think to ask questions, so I shut up, ran to the first aid cabinet, grabbing the wrap, and put it around his arm what happened out there? I'd asked him. He looked at my eyes and opened his mouth. There was another super loud bang on the door. I rushed to the door and locked it. I didn't know what was out there, but I did not feel like waiting for it to realize the door was open. Freddy was screaming in pain. I wrapped his wounds, but it wouldn't keep up forever. I went over to the phone, I picked it up, it called an ambulance. I explained that something attacked my coworker, They asked what, I told them I don't know, and they gave me a half-assed we will send somebody, and I hung up. They asked to stand in line with them, but I didn't see how that would stop Freddy from bleeding out. Freddy slumped down, leaning against the table in the room. I slapped his face slightly to keep him awake. Freddy, who did this? He cleaned his eyes and couldn't be bothered to keep his head anymore. He was out. His cut was worse than I thought. And the ambulance needed to come very quickly. As I put a blanket on him, another loud bang at the window made me jump. I looked back, and there was a bloody hand on the window. It was a man, and he was begging to be let in. I ran over to the door and unlocked it. I went to the side where he was at, and I didn't see him. Did he run around? I looked down, and my jaw dropped. Right where he was standing was a trail of blood in the stand going around the wall. I broke out of my shock, turning the corner, and there were the culprits and just one wolf, but I know he wasn't the only one there. We both stood there, looking at each other. He snarled, and I gulped. I knew the time it took me to get the door was a lot less than it took him to get to me. I didn't want to risk it, just in case. I kept standing there. He took a step back, Maybe he's leaving, I thought to calm myself down. But he did not leave. He took a step back and, knowing what was coming, I ran to the door. He stopped. He lunged, biting into the flesh of my leg. I screamed out in pain, but at least he wasn't calling his pack or so I thought. He started to tear flesh, and I foolishly attempted to shake him off. He was on there tight, ripping. I tried to push him off but his teeth only sunk in deeper. Now, I'd put my right hand between my leg and the roof of his mouth, prying his teeth. I limped inside, slammed the door shut. I could see him, these loud bone noises popping and seeing him now stand up on two legs, looking at me through the door. How I was lucky I had survived, I wasn't sure what to do. I was bleeding out pretty bad, and the only gun I had was in my jeep that was left outside. That's when I saw more of these things. They were upright walking wolves, and they were pacing around this place, moving back and forth, looking in the windows, waiting for one of us to come out. I sat there next to Freddy, holding him, holding myself, trying to keep myself conscious. I was bleeding pretty bad, and these things were out there. I counted at least three of them, three of the largest wolves I'd ever seen in my life. What was going on? As I remember things starting to fade, I couldn't tell you what happened next, but the door burst open, and several EMTs rushed in, attending myself and Freddy. They loaded me up on a stretcher, threw me in the ambulance, and the next thing I know, I'm being patched up. After this, I never heard from Freddy again, and I was quickly removed from that location and reassigned to a different one altogether. I was told nothing. I was not allowed to ask questions, and even now, I live with a nightmare. A nightmare of strange wolves, very violent, and had I not made it back inside, I would have been torn to pieces. I am White Hawk, a young tribesman living in a lush, untouched forest, where my people thrive in harmony with nature. We have always respected the balance of the land, taking only what we need and giving back to the earth in return. However, a sinister force has disturbed the peace we have known for so long. Recently, our skilled hunters have begun to mysteriously vanish during their expeditions, leaving our tribe in fear and confusion. The disappearances have caused a great deal of unrest among our people, and as our food supply dwindles, we grow desperate for answers. One night, Our spiritual leader had a vision that revealed the presence of an unknown predator stalking the woods. With my tribe's survival at stake, I knew I had to take action. I decided to volunteer to confront this predator and save my people. On my journey, I ventured deeper into the forest than any of our people had ever gone before. As I followed the trail of the missing hunters, I discovered that the predator was not an ordinary beast but a shape-shifting creature called a skinwalker, born of an ancient curse that had been awakened. This malevolent being was responsible for the disappearance of our hunters and the chaos that had engulfed our once peaceful community. Determined to defeat the creature and restore balance to the forest, I sought the guidance of a wise elder who lived at the edge of our territory. She shared with me the story of the Skinwalker and gave me a mystical artifact imbued with the power to protect me from its dark influence. She also taught me to harness my own spiritual power, which would be essential in my battle against the Skinwalker. Armed with this newfound knowledge and the powerful artifact, I set out to confront the creature. The Skinwalker was a formidable foe, able to change its form at will and prey upon the fears of its victims. However, With the help of the artifact and my own spiritual strength, I was able to resist its attempts to manipulate me and weaken its hold on the forest. The battle was long and arduous, but in the end, I emerged victorious. I had defeated the skinwalker, lifting the ancient curse and restoring balance to the forest. With the predator vanquished, our hunters were able to safely venture into the woods once more and our tribe could return to the harmonious life we had known for generations. As I returned to my people, I was hailed as a hero. But I knew that it was not just my own strength that had led to our victory, but the wisdom and power of those who had come before me. We had all played a part in restoring the balance of the forest, and we would continue to honor the sacred bond we shared with the land and the spirits that guided us. It was about 8 PM and I was driving home after dropping a friend off at her house. I came to an intersection, a red light, and stopped. Nothing out of the normal, just a regular night. The roads were fairly deserted. While waiting for the light to change I saw something that looked like the back end of a deer as it quickly crossed the street. I didn't think much of it except for the fact that when I drive through there I have to be careful because deer apparently like to jump in front of cars. That stretch of road is only a couple hundred feet posted at 40 miles per hour. I slowed to about 30-35 miles per hour to watch and look at the deer. When I looked to see if the deer was still there I witnessed something quite a bit different. This massive thing was standing back a ways but it was clearly visible. The yard it was standing in has a huge white shed with a light attached to the front though. This didn't help because it cast a big shadow. The figure stood on the ground but its height reached to about the top of the doors to the shed. It had two curved-like masses coming from the sides. But the most obvious feature were the deep red, glowing eyes coming from the center of the black mass. It was something I couldn't stop looking at. I continued to drive but all the way home I felt I was being followed. I'd like to share an experience my friend and I have unfortunately been dragged into. At approximately 10.30pm tonight, I received an instant message from my friend about a rather disturbing encounter she had. She had reported she saw the mothman. I sent her several messages back, asking if she was alright, if she was there, etc. She eventually sent me a text message with a picture that she drew of the creature attached. By this point, I was literally getting sick and trembling due to anxiety and fright. We began talking about it and I noticed a tapping at my window, a very light kind of sound. My dogs both jerked their heads upward and stared at the window for a long time. Being in the state I was in, I refused to look. For a while, the tapping stopped. She and I continued to discuss the matter at hand. Suddenly, the tapping began again. But this time the dogs ignored it and so did I about four or five minutes later, I fought the urge to stare at my computer monitor and looked at my window. My blinds were closed, but I could faintly see something red and glowing, like lights that had somehow made their way into the neighbor's backyard. I quickly looked away, not wanting to see it anymore. I looked again a couple minutes later, unnerved to see the red glow was still there. Again. I looked away and continued discussing this with my friend. Finally, I turned my head one final time and saw that the glow no longer remained. As I'm typing this email, I'm really worried, as the tapping has begun again and I'm really too afraid to move from this position. Above this, I've included my friend's side of the story, and, should you post this, we would certainly appreciate if you could put them both into one piece. We discussed calling the police but she didn't want to make a big deal about it. Her parents brushed it off and I have yet to tell anyone in my house about this. I'm not sure what this was, a frightening delusion or a real situation, but I'm not sure if I'm willing to face the facts and find out. Thanks for your time. Well, both my friend and I live closer to Middletown, Ohio. There was another encounter I had shortly after I had sent the email and I kept forgetting that I hadn't sent it. I had walked out of my room to wash my face, try and calm myself down, etc. And my brother's room is directly across the hall from mine. I looked straight ahead and it was looking right through the window of his room, that's the picture I had sent. I stared at it for a while feeling kind of cold and then feeling really scared and I finally pulled my eyes away and went about my business. When I came out of my bathroom, I didn't look in the direction of his room. My friend reported that what she saw had more oblique shaped eyes and looked kind of angry, I wasn't too sure about that hypothesis, while mine had large, round eyes and seemed kind of curious or something. Sorry I didn't include that in the original message, like I said, This happened after I sent the email and I keep assuming I had included it when I hadn't. Other than the weird sightings, there wasn't any strange activity I can recall. I am forwarding a summary of an experience that I and a friend had in August 2010. My friend and associate Kira and I traveled from Columbus, Ohio to Ravenswood, West Virginia on business. While we were there, I wanted to make a side trip to Gallipolis, Ohio in order to visit relatives I had not seen for quite a while. After our meeting and presentation, we drove onto Ohio Route 7 and traveled south along the Ohio River towards Gallipolis. We had a nice, though brief, visit with my relatives. Around 6 p.m., we left their home and drove a few miles north on Route 7 to check into a hotel near the local airport. Around 7.30 p.m., we decided to get dinner and found a quiet restaurant so we could eat and work. After we finished, Kieran needed to go to the store and pick up a few items that she forgot to pack. We headed to a Walmart that was nearby the restaurant. After we finished shopping, we were walking to the car when I noticed a woman running through the parking lot. When she reached her car, she looked back in the direction of the store then hurriedly got into the car. I quickly looked in the same direction and saw what looked like a large bird flying above the roof of the store. It was difficult to see but when it swooped downward the parking lot lights would shine off of it. It looked like it was either oily or had shiny leather-like skin. Whatever it was, it had a wide wing span. I would guess it reached 8 to 10 foot across. It circled above the store for about a minute then just disappeared. We were both somewhat shocked at what we witnessed but figured that it was just a huge bird. Since it was dark, I figured we had misjudged what it really was. We drove back to the hotel and decided to call it a night so we could get an early start on the drive home in the morning. I got ready for bed but thought I'd watch some television first. By this time it was around 10 PM or so. I must have dozed off fairly quickly because the next thing I remember is frantic knocking on my door. I stumbled out of bed and checked who it was. It was Kira and she was obviously upset. She rushed into my room and said it's here. What are you talking about? A little bit perturbed that she woke me up. She said that she was laying on the bed reading when she heard something in the hallway. She got out of bed, walked to the door and listened to what she thought was scratching sounds. After a few minutes the sounds stopped, so she went back to bed. Not long after she lay down she heard more scratching sounds but, from outside her window. Again she got up and peeked through the curtains. This time, something looked back at her. Our rooms were on the second floor in the back section of the hotel and both looked out onto a small parking lot and a large field beyond that. She could see, what she described as, a bald ugly man with wings who was looking directly at her with large bulging eyes that lit up bright red. It was there for only a few seconds. It then spread its wings while running at the same time towards the end of the parking lot and lifted off the ground like a bird. You're kidding, right? I muttered to her. Meg, I swear to god, that thing is out there and it knows we saw it. I knew the only way I was going to get some sleep was to allow Kira to stay in my room. The next morning we woke early, checked out and drove back to Columbus. Kira didn't mention the incident from the previous night during the ride. In fact, she has still never said anything else about it. We continue to be good friends and have a very good working relationship. But, I got curious. I had never heard about the Mothman or any of the tales associated with it. I grew up in Texas and had only lived in Ohio for a few years. I moved into my mom's house after she had passed away. Her relatives lived throughout Ohio but I had never been told any of the stories. This is the reason I am writing to you. We were near Point Pleasant, West Virginia when we had this encounter. Do you think that it is possible that this was a mothman? I read some of your posts recently and I'm starting to believe that Kira actually saw something supernatural. In light of the prophecies of danger that this thing is supposed to warn people about, Kira has had some bad luck and tragedy since that day. Her husband suddenly left her, she had a fire in her house and she severely injured her leg in a fall. Could this be connected? I personally don't believe in predictions, either good or bad. But I will admit that these have been strange times since we witnessed whatever, As an active duty US Army soldier, I have to say that life in the barracks can be pretty interesting. You never really know what to expect, and sometimes you just have to roll with the punches. But one particular 24-hour duty shift stands out in my memory as both bizarre and utterly unforgettable. The day had started out like any other, and I was assigned to desk duty, answering phones and attending to other administrative tasks. With just 17 minutes left in my shift, I was eager to wrap things up and finally get some rest. A few hours earlier, I had stepped outside to salt the stairs as it was snowing heavily. While I was out there, I had propped the door open with a heavy oak chair to make it easier for me to come and go. I should mention that my partner on this shift was away, conducting checks in another building. As I finished clearing the snow and salting the ground, I turned around to find the chair flipped upside down. It was an eerie sight, and I couldn't help but feel a shiver run down my spine. I couldn't shake the feeling that I wasn't alone out there, but I decided to carry on with my duties, hoping that the ghost would leave me be if I didn't pay it any attention. When I was done, I found the chair had moved again, this time turned sideways. I addressed the apparent ghost, saying, okay, Mr. Ghost, I don't want to bother you, but I have to go inside now. I walked back inside, taking the chair with me, determined not to let this strange encounter get the best of me. But things only got weirder from there. Upon returning to the desk, I found an empty trash can placed on top of it, a sight that wasn't there when I left. Feeling slightly unnerved, I spoke to the ghost once more. Look, Mr. Ghost, I get out of here soon. Can you please leave? Then, as if in response to my plea, a black shape darted down the hallway, and I heard a whisper in my ear, yes. At that moment, I couldn't help but freak out internally. All I could do was muster a shaky thank you before I hurriedly returned to watching Community on Netflix, hoping that the distraction would calm my nerves. The remaining 17 minutes of my shift couldn't have gone by more slowly. Every creak and shadow seemed to be magnified making me constantly question whether my ghostly encounter was truly over. But when my relief finally arrived, I practically sprinted out of there, eager to put the entire ordeal behind me. Good morning, as I sit reading this article, it amazes me that no one caught one of these things yet. I understand that if something with a 25-30 feet wingspan flies past you, You're not going to grab your camera as a first instinct. My son and I saw this monster thing last summer in Mertstown, Pennsylvania. We were parked on the side of the road in a heavily wooded area when this thing casually glided up. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. the road. It looked big enough to carry a full-grown man away with no effort. When the wing flew over the hood of my car, we instantly ducked down. This thing had a round human-sized head with no beak, hence the term man-bird, and huge bat-like wings. Now I would never tell this story if it wasn't for my 16-year-old son sitting in the back seat who also witnessed it on that summer day. I'm a pretty capable guy, not too many things can shake me. But this thing scared the hell out of me. Here is what I saw, the body was 5-6 feet in length easy, wingspan was 25-30 feet easy, no feathers, bat-like skin, jet black, and a 4-5 feet skinny, rat or dragon, like tail that stuck straight out. This thing didn't fly like a bird, it glided about 10 feet off the ground at a very slow speed. After 50-75 feet of gliding, It took one huge flap of the wings, never changing elevation, and glided up the road till it disappeared into the woods. I'm convinced this thing lives underground, probably near some sort of hot spring because it has no feathers. Well that's my story. Feel free to reply with any questions, that 45 seconds event will forever be etched into memory. I say we find it and catch it, I would love to see it again up close. Once, my mom and I were driving to Las Vegas from Santa Clarita. We were just passing Barstow and on the I-15. It was right about high noon and very hot. Not a cloud in the sky. She had a fancy Lexus at the time with a touchscreen console on the dash that could play DVDs while driving. I remember we were on a long stretch of road with a lot of space between cars on the highway. One minute we see nothing ahead of us and then all of a sudden, a woman was walking across the highway right in front of our vehicle. My mom swerved behind her and barely missed her. She pulled off to the shoulder and we looked behind us, and we see her go all the way across the highway, including westbound traffic. Then she turned around, and walked all the way across again. Each time, nearly getting clipped by an unsuspecting and oncoming car like ourselves. At one point, A semi-truck almost hit her head on missing her by literally one step. Each step she took was a steady and confident step, looking ahead of her and never batting an eye to any oncoming traffic. She was barefoot mind you and walking on the boiling asphalt with zero sense of urgency. So my mom calls 911, we're directed to highway patrol. They say they've received numerous reports and they're headed out to it my mom decided after hanging up to slowly reverse down the shoulder to get a better look and see if she's okay, yes, I know, stupid in more than one way. As we get to a spot behind her now, she's crossed the highway and is now in front of our vehicle. This part I will never forget. The woman slowly turns her head and looks at us and is now slowly but steadily walking towards our car. She was white as day in every way. White nightgown. Pale, dry, wrinkled skin, white hair, and the palest bluish-gray eyes I've ever seen and barefoot. Almost looked like a Walking Dead version of Rose Dawson from Titanic. I was in the passenger seat, which was on the shoulder. When my mom made eye contact, she froze. Absolutely shut down. I remember the woman walking so close to my door, I could see her eyes make contact with mine. It looked as if she was blind and lifeless but could not just see me, but see into and through me like into my soul. I went cold immediately. She reached for my door handle and I remember screaming at my mom to punch the gas and without hesitation, she came to quick and we peeled out of there. In the back window, I saw her watch us speed off and then continue to cross the road again. A mile down the highway. We called highway patrol to see what happened and they didn't have a clue what we were talking about and said they got no reports of a woman crossing the highway. My mom to this day still doesn't remember the time between when we reversed to when we dipped out. I have no idea what happened that day except for what I witnessed and experienced. I was around 18 to 20 years old, sometime in 2008 when my life took a turn towards the extraordinary. I was sitting in the backseat of the family car, cruising down the highway with my parents up front. The day was calm, and there was no wind to speak of, except for the air rushing past our car as we sped along at 60 miles per hour. As we drove between two large hills, each about 50 feet tall, I noticed something peculiar atop one of the hills. It appeared to be an all-black, metallic structure, resembling a hot air balloon but with some significant differences there was no basket and the material seemed to be made of metal with a matte black finish that didn't reflect any sunlight the strangest part was the way it moved it zipped around like the ufos you see in movies going at least 100 miles per hour in different directions turning upside down and sideways with incredible speed my parents and i were not the only ones who noticed it Several cars had pulled over to the side of the highway, with people standing outside, staring in awe at the mysterious object. My mom and dad were just as baffled as I was, admitting that they had never seen anything like it before. My dad tried to rationalize it, suggesting that it might be a fallen weather balloon, but after searching for images of weather balloons on Google, we concluded that it looked nothing like one. Someone else I told this story to suggested that it could have been a broken hot air balloon, but the rigid, metallic structure clearly ruled out that possibility. The sighting left a lasting impression on me, and over the years, I've become more and more interested in uncovering the truth behind that mysterious object. I've attended UFO conferences, read countless books and articles, and even joined online forums dedicated to discussing sightings and encounters. Although I've heard many similar stories from people all over the world, I've never been able to find a definitive explanation for what I saw that day. The incident has left me with a sense of wonder and curiosity, pushing me to continue exploring the unknown and questioning the limits of human understanding. As the years have passed, I've come to accept that I may never know the true nature of that strange object on the hill. But the experience has shaped my life, opening my mind to the possibility that there are still mysteries out there, waiting to be discovered. On Monday May 9, 2011 around 5.45am, I was on my way to work headed northbound into the village of New Miami on 7 Mile Avenue. I left the traffic light at the southernmost edge of town into a dark stretch of road when a large flying creature swooped in over my car and snatched up a small animal in the road ahead of me at the edge of my headlights. As a construction worker, I feel I can judge the size of objects fairly well. This creature had a wingspan of at least 12 feet and was jet black with a human figure. It completely blocked the view out of my windshield and then some and moved at a very high rate of speed. I was traveling between 35-40 miles per hour. It had to have been traveling at around 70-80 miles per hour. Like I stated before it swooped down grabbed the animal and was gone over the trees very quickly. I've researched large predator birds and raptors indigenous to Ohio and there are none that fit the description of what I saw. If you have any other questions about my experience, please feel free to email me back. I had been living in this house by myself for a few months, and it wasn't long before I started to notice some strange occurrences. Every night at precisely 10 PM, I would hear the unmistakable sounds of cat toys, like the jingling of bells, followed by footsteps in the living room. It was unnerving, to say the least, and I made it a habit to lock myself in the bedroom each night to avoid any potential encounters with whatever might be lurking in the shadows. As a naturally paranoid person, I was always sure to lock and bolt every door in the house whenever I arrived home. I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't quite right, but I had no choice but to carry on with my daily routine. One evening, as I was getting ready for bed, I heard a series of loud, heavy footsteps outside my room, followed by what sounded like a door slamming shut. Fear gripped me as I hesitantly turned on all the lights in the house and ventured out to investigate. My dog was in the living room, lying on the couch and staring at me with an unnerving intensity as I discovered that the front door was wide open. Panic set in, and I couldn't help but feel as if someone, or something, was toying with me. Whenever I shared my experiences with others, no one seemed to believe me. They dismissed my stories as the product of an overactive imagination, but I knew what I had heard and seen. It wasn't until my boyfriend spent the night at my place that someone else finally witnessed the strange phenomena that plagued my home. That night, as we lay in bed, my boyfriend heard the familiar sounds of footsteps and what seemed like dog paws in the living room. He initially brushed it off, assuming it was just my dog wandering around, but when he realized that the dog was fast asleep beside us in bed, his skepticism turned to genuine concern. The incidents continued to haunt me for the duration of my stay in that house, and to this day, I still can't fully explain what was happening. The memories of those eerie nights remain etched in my mind. Serving as a chilling reminder that sometimes, the unknown can be far more terrifying than anything we could ever imagine. When I was eight I had one of those life-size rag dolls with yarn hair. One night I woke up and she was waving her arms around while placed on my bean bag. I know it's not malicious, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds like I was dreaming but I wasn't. She was moving around all by herself. To this day I don't F with dolls. Edit, so when I saw her moving I got super scared and hid under my blanket for like 10 minutes with my heart racing frozen in fear building up the courage to run out of my room. Eventually I ran out of my room to get my parents whose bedroom was downstairs, and my dad came and got the doll and put her in the living room. I was too scared to sleep in my room so I went to sleep in my brother's bed which I would do when I had bad dreams and stuff. We heard farting and magazine pages flipping and at first thought it was my dad, it was like 4am at this point, who just couldn't go back to sleep, but when we were yelling out for my dad he didn't answer, so we were like oh my god it's Samantha, the doll. Since I was with my big brother I was brave and we started shouting at her from his bedroom saying we weren't scared and we were gonna kill her and all this lamau. I was so traumatized by this living doll though that my parents brought her to my nana's house. It was a Christmas gift from a family friend that I didn't want to get rid of cause I felt bad and didn't want the doll to come back and be mad at me. But I would go for sleepovers at my nana's multiple times every year and when I would go, She would take the doll out of the playroom and put it in the back room and lock the door. It was always so hard to fall asleep but the dog would always sleep with me which would help. Fast forward when I was 15 and having a ton of mental health issues, unrelated to the doll lol, and a new med ended up making me have some paranoia and see a few things including a little girl a few times. My aunt was upset over my struggles and hearing the little girl visuals she went to my nana's, took the doll, and burned it in the backyard to end my fear of it once and for all. So, that's the full story and what happened with the doll. I met a good friend in school. It was kind of an uptight religious school. I was raised in the church, but this friend that I met, he was there for other reasons. I kind of tried to talk to him about religion from time to time, but he kind of blew it off. One day he said, why don't you come over to my house? He said, this is what my mom and I kinda do in our spare time. So we go over there and he has a real nice house, kind of ornate, you know, a lot of collectible household items and one of the items she has in this big open garden area is a Ouija board. So he convinces me, which goes against everything my mom had told me don't you mess with that stuff because something could attach to you it could follow you back if it wants to. Just leave it alone. So, me being a teenager, I was, let me try it. So we gave it a shot and we got a few interesting responses. I was like, okay. That's that. So fast forward now, we're in our late 20s. I'm in school. Well, actually, I had just left college to move back in with my mom to help her with my grandmother she was suffering with dementia at the time. My friends calls us up at maybe 3 or 3.30 in the morning. It was December, it was cold, snowing, and I could just hear him, my friend, he was just crying hysterically. So I get up, confused, in a daze, asking him, what's going on? And she, Francisco's mom, says, he needs our help, grab your keys and let's go now. You know, if he lives a few miles away. We get to his house and he's standing outside in the snow, with no shoes on, just an undershirt and jeans. He immediately gets in the car, starts crying again. He just shaking uncontrollably probably from being cold and being scared. He starts to calm down and we ask him, what's going on, what's happening in there? He says, I came home from hanging out with some friends. He's like, I smelled this awful smell, almost like sulfur. He's like, I paid to mind to it, I looked around the house. He's like, it's not until I came to my living room I seen a man sitting on my couch. The man was very, I guess in his terms, the man was very good looking, very well kept. My friend had a dog, a big Rottweiler and this Rottweiler, instead of barking and going crazy and wanting to attack this guy, sat right next to the man. The man was kinda just stroking the dog. He said that when he looked at his eyes, his eyes were grey. There was no pupil, there was no white, that it was just completely greyed over and I don't know if there was some type of. There was no verbal communication, he said, but the look, maybe not not in his words but maybe some type of thoughts, he felt his thoughts were being read by this being. He just, He said it felt like his soul was being taken from him and that this being new, I have you right where I want you. Like I said, when he had gotten to the house, he had already, in order for him to have gotten out of the house, I should have explained this a little bit better, he had to break the window out of his bedroom. So, we just, my mom and I are like, do you have a key to get back in? The sun is starting to come up, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. We were like, we really didn't want to go in there, but let's go in there. So we started to make our way into the house and the house is a wreck. Cupboards are basically torn off hinges. Food and dish plates are scattered all over the kitchen floor. There was even dog vomit in the living room and multiple areas of the house. Like I said, I was born and raised in the church and nowadays too many people want to recognize the good, but there is evil out there. This certainly opened my eyes to it because seeing what I saw, what I sensed. The atmosphere was heavy just walking in that house and just knowing that, why would he, why would my friend go to extremes to break a window out of his own home? He said once he felt that, as I was explaining, once he felt that a part of him, a part of his soul was being taken by this entity. He stills insists that it was the devil. He said once he started feeling that awful feeling, He rushed to the front door, the door wouldn't budge, it wouldn't open, nothing, so that's why he decided to break out the bedroom window. It was, everyone i told the story to after that, or who were familiar with my friend, they were shaken. So we called the priests over to come and bless the house and even the priests were. they had a look to them, that, maybe there really was something here that we can't explain and during the prayer, my friend, the one who went through all this, He straight fainted on the floor, so I don't know if it was a possession but whatever happened, something happened. When I was 17 I was at my friend's apartment building, which his parents owned. It was a pretty old building in the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago, and according to his dad it used to be owned by Al Capone, but I'm not sure how true that was. We had an apartment on the top floor that they let us use to just hang out and it allowed us easy access to the attic. It had a lock but we had a key, so we could go out to the roof and smoke cigarettes. One night, we were about to go up, but I had to pee, so I told him I'd meet him up there. After I was done, I went up the stairs to the attic portion that was connected to the roof. There were no lights, so we always used our phones to guide us. We had those old flip phones without lights, so you only had the light from the screen to help navigate the cluttered mess that was up there. As I made my way to the roof door, I saw a shadow pass by me. Now this wasn't like the shadow of something moving with the light of my phone, this shadow felt solid like a person. I followed the direction it went thinking it was my friend. I kept saying that I knew it was him and to stop playing around. It passed me a few more times before heading to the other side of the attic and that's when I heard my friend's voice from downstairs. He got a call from his girlfriend and was in another room talking to her the whole time. It really freaked me out, since I know I was following something, so I basically jumped down the stairs. I told my friend what happened and that I did not want to go back up there and he agreed, so we decided to go for a walk instead. I was on holiday staying at an old cottage. Went out to the beach with my mum dad and sister and left my grandma in the house. She fell asleep sitting in a chair in the lounge. At one point whilst we were still out, my half asleep nan saw a woman wearing a lilac dress walking through the room. She assumed it was my mum back from the beach. She woke up a short time after and couldn't find us in the house. When we got back from the beach a couple of hours later she said oh did you go out again. You were back ages ago. We told her that we had only just got back and she told us she had seen my mum wearing a long lilac dress in the lounge. This obviously wasn't possible. During this holiday, I was sharing a room with my sister as we were young and in the middle of the night we heard the front door slam loudly. Our parents came running into our room but we were both still in our beds. I scrambled and looked out the window which was directly above the front door but no one was outside and my dad went straight down and could find no one in the house. Another day my mom went to the bookcase in her room and took a random book out, placed within the pages there was an old handwritten note, it was personal written by a lady and she got a feeling that she shouldn't be reading them. She put them back into the book and put the book back on the shelf. The next morning when she woke up. The note was on her bedside table. She asked my dad if he had moved it out of the book but he had no idea what she was talking about. We would also find that the furniture had moved downstairs overnight sometimes. My mom also kept finding curtain hooks in her bed and on the side table, the plastic things that hold curtains to the pole, again she asked my dad if he had put them there and he hadn't. When we came to leave, The owner of the cottage came to collect the keys and my mum asked her if there was a cleaner who might have visited and the owner said no, why? My mum explained that my nan had seen a lady in the house wearing a lilac dress. The lady said oh, she's at it again, the house was owned by her grandmother who had recently died, her favourite outfit was, you guessed it, a long lilac dress. Apparently they had already had the house blessed because she had made a couple of other appearances. When she died, they didn't clear her stuff out of the house and just put it up as a holiday rental which is why the note hadn't previously been found. Once we left and went home for the next few years my mum would find curtain hooks in her bed at home. I moved out of our family home to go to college, uni and at my student house I once found a curtain hook in my bed there. There were no curtains in the house only blinds, my mum stopped finding them in her bed after a few years but believes it was the woman in lilac. My whole family witnessed all of this so it adds credibility to what happened, combined with the owner's testimony about her gran. I'm atheist, so or I'm an abnormally lucky guy or somebody is watching out for me. Not one. Not two not three but four times I had this urgency to go to an open area, if I were claustrophobic I would understand it, but I when I got to this open area, not one single building around me, and strong earthquake will hit the town. Puebla, 1998, 1999 and 2017 and Orisaba 2015, weird thing is I don't live in those cities. Four times I've outran a an hurricane category 5, by matter of hours when I need something I usually get it, you wanna know how crazy it has become this. Last year due pandemic. US consulate in Mexico stopped all working related to foreign visas, without visa I couldn't work on the US, so I got dumped of that opportunity, fast forward to September and another chance is hitting my doorbell, better salary, better conditions, just plain better but since I didn't cancel my visa appointment I had preference during the few 3 or 4 weeks the US consulate worked before having to shut down again. Everything was just one day to do, one day wait to the interview, one day to get the visa. From there, I can go on and on, about losing bus tickets only to later seeing that bus was wrecked or hijacked, only studying the topics of a test was so common my classmates were pending on what topics I ended up studying. Seriously, I'm a very lucky person. And before you ask I have never lost on lotteries, scratches, and those kind of things. Never. I have never won big time but never lost, and I got the feeling I shouldn't keep trying. I can't honestly explain from where such good luck comes, and I know statistics, and I know chances are almost always on our favor. But seriously I just have so much luck that is just ridiculous. Living in a small town can often mean long drives to access shopping centers and entertainment venues. My ex-girlfriend, my daughter, and I decided to head to the nearest city about 25 miles away to spend a weekend browsing bookstores and enjoying a day out, just like we used to do before my ex left and C-19 disrupted our lives. The drive was familiar and uneventful, taking us past a state park that we'd visited countless times before. However, on this particular day, something strange caught my eye. Hovering about a hundred feet or so above the center of the road, just above the tree line, was a shiny metallic ball. Its presence was inexplicable, and I couldn't take my eyes off it as I tried to make sense of what I was seeing. My focus on the mysterious object meant that I was no longer paying attention to the road, and before I knew it, the car had veered too far to the side causing the tires to make that unmistakable BRRR sound as they hit the grooves on the shoulder. My ex-girlfriend, clearly alarmed, shouted, babe, urging me to correct our course and avoid an accident. I quickly straightened the car and asked her, do you see that? She responded with a puzzled, what? When I looked up again to point out the strange metallic ball, it had completely vanished. It was as if it had never been there in the first place, And I was left questioning my own perception. We continued on our journey to the city, but the encounter with the mysterious object weighed heavily on my mind. I replayed the incident over and over in my head, trying to understand what I had seen and why it had disappeared so suddenly. My ex-girlfriend and daughter remained skeptical, but I knew that what I had witnessed was not a figment of my imagination. To this day, I still have no explanation for the shiny metallic ball that appeared and vanished in the blink of an eye. The experience has left me with a sense of awe and curiosity, a reminder that there is always more to discover and that the world around us is filled with mysteries waiting to be explored. I'd like to start this by stating that I don't believe in the supernatural. But once, when I was 16, I was at a sleepover at a friend's house, and at about 3 AM I got up to get myself a cup of water. My bud was half asleep, but I asked if he wanted one too, which he just kinda did the MHM sound to and then turned to face away from the door in bed. I got out the door, as the room was directly connected to the kitchen, grabbed two cups and filled them. As I now had both my hands full I tried to whisper for him to open the door as others in the house were asleep. I saw his hand crawl around the edge of the very slightly open door, the door started pulling into the room, but with closer inspection the hand was completely blue-tinted with very yellow nails, and way skinnier than hands of anyone in the house. I got into the room, not thinking too much of it, turned out, he was completely asleep still turned away from the door, didn't freak me out till the day after. I really hope this doesn't get buried. I swear on my mother's grave and my future children's graves that this happened. When I was around the age of 16-ish, me and my younger sister, 12, were sitting at the dinner table alone. My mom had just left the house after she had served us our dinner. She served us fish, something we really hated. We were sitting at the table just miserably staring at our food. Not talking and reluctant to eat but knowing we had to or else our mother would get angry at us. It was a small square table near the entrance of our apartment and my sister was sitting to the left of me. Across from me was an empty chair. All of a sudden, the chair across the table from me started rocking back and forth, pivoting from the back two legs of the chair. I initially thought that my sister was rocking the chair with her foot, it was the only logical explanation. I turned to my left to see if I noticed any movement from my sister. She's just staring at me with a serious expression and is still as a rock, absolutely no movement from her, the chair however is still rocking. It doesn't get more cliche than this, but I got up and started to lean down to see what was moving the chair and of course, the chair stops moving. I have asked my sister every year since then if she was lying about not rocking the chair and she has not gone back on her word to this day. So ghosts exist I guess. Edit. I know some people are downvoting because most paranormal slash ghost stuff is cap but to be honest even after that happened, even I had a hard time believing it happened myself as weird as it sounds, and I lived it. There's no just no other logical explanation to explain why that happened. That wasn't the only time weird shit happened in that apartment either so I honestly wasn't surprised at that point, it just wasn't as clear cut like that before. When I still lived with my mother in her previous home, we had a feeling there was something else present. The creepiest thing that I can't explain is one night I was sitting on the couch watching a show called A Haunting or something along those lines. As soon as the TV said. And that's when they started messing with the electricity. Both of the lamps in the living room started flashing on and off. I've never witnessed electrical problems before or after that. The lamps were plugged into different outlets. The TV didn't flash. I asked my sister if the lights upstairs were acting weird and she said no. When I came back downstairs from asking her they were back to normal. I've tried to think of an explanation besides it was a super weird experience with a spirit or something, but haven't come up with one. I didn't feel scared or anything, so it was actually pretty cool. LOL.